This is the Radio Bible Class, and I'm your host, Tim Carter. We welcome you to our Bible study as the Radio Bible Class streams across the nation and around the world. We bring to you a message how Christ ministers to his disciples after the resurrection. We greet you on the internet and radio with the message that Jesus is alive today. Now, today's lesson is titled, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and it comes from John 14, 1 through 14. But before we start our lesson today, Word Talk Inc. could use your support. Now, playing music on the radio may sound simple, but actually it's quite costly due to publishing rights and royalties. And before that first song was ever played, there's utility bills and tower rental fees and maintenance and so forth. We need people just like you to help with the tax-deductible gifts. So won't you do that today? You can do that by calling us at 601-483-8648. And there they can take your information safely and securely over the phone. Or mail us your gift to Word Talk, Inc., P.O. Box 4334, Meridian, Mississippi, 39304. Now, your gift to Word Talk, Inc. is IRS-approved as a 501c3 tax-exempt ministry. Your contribution is never used for salaries or managerial purposes, but 100% of it goes to the expense of providing the good news of Jesus Christ to our listening area. Hebrews 13:16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If you'd like to go back and listen to a previous lesson, you can do that by going to our podcast website. That's Radio Bible Class with no spaces between radiobibleclass.podbean.com or catch us wherever you listen to your podcast. We're there too, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify or Google or Amazon. We're there. Just search for WMER Radio Bible Class with no spaces between Radio Bible Class. Well, today we get close to the end of our I Am series where we've been studying who Jesus says he is. As a matter of fact, the title of the series is Who Does Jesus Think He Is? And seven times in the book of John, he says, I am, and then he gives a description of who he is. And we've looked at five of them in the previous weeks. Today we'll look at week six, and next week we'll wrap it up with I am the vine. But over the past five weeks, we've looked at I am the bread of life. There he talked about the nation of Israel and while they were out in the desert, how God provided for them with their daily bread. And he says, I am your daily bread. I am the bread of life. I am the one that provides for you. It is through me you are provided your daily bread. And then we looked at the second I am statement. and That was, I am the light of the world. In this particular statement, he's describing that he illuminates. He gives us freedom from darkness as he illuminates and brings the light into us. And as we accept his light, we radiate that light back out and we illuminate. And he also illuminates inside of us areas that we need to work on. And then, of course, week three, we studied about I am the door. Here he talked about the shepherd and how the sheep knew their voice, but how the shepherd would put them in a sheep pen and that the good shepherd came through the door and the sheep would listen to his voice. But the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, and it came over the side of the sheep pen. And the sheep pen also was a a form of safety. And then we looked at, I am the good shepherd. And there we saw that Jesus protects us just like he does those sheep. And that the good shepherd knows us. He knew the hair on our head. And Jesus says that he lays down his life to protect us so that we're safe. And we know that Jesus did that. He went to the cross for us and he laid down his life. Well, last week we studied about I am the resurrection and the life. And this is maybe one of the boldest I am statements that he made. Here we saw a precursor to Jesus going to the cross and dying and overcoming death when he went and raised Lazarus from the dead. 
You know, again, the, the people thought that Jesus was late. He was late coming. It's too late. Lazarus had died. But we studied that God's timing is always perfect. And then we looked at how Jesus doesn't panic. He looked at the situation and he said, I'm going to raise him back up. Lazarus is just asleep. Now, he was dead. He was using sleep as a way of saying that he was bringing him back. But Jesus didn't panic and he doesn't panic with you and I. And then we also saw that Jesus controlled his emotions. He wasn't ruled by his emotions, even though we saw his emotions where Jesus wept. That wasn't what controlled him. He was controlled by the Father's will. And we said we need to be controlled by the Father's will and not make decisions on an emotional status that we're in. Today, we look at a very exclusive statement. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there he's saying that no one can come to the Father except through him. Jesus is saying, I am the only way to God, and it is only through me. The world doesn't like this kind of exclusive statement. They want it to be inclusive. They want to say there's many ways to God. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very narrow, exclusive way. And I love to use this metaphor of what Jesus is saying here. If you had cancer and your doctor said you were about to die, he said, I have this one pill. And if you take this one pill, it will cure your cancer. Now, we can treat the cancer the best we can through our modern technology, but we don't have a one pill that cures cancer. But I assure you that if we did have that one pill that people could take to cure cancer, they would take it. And that's a very exclusive way to cure cancer was through that one pill. People would be willing to take it because they see the need. They have a need for a cure. And we all walk around. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the mark. We've missed the mark. We sinned against God. Just like we're willing to take that exclusive statement to cure cancer, each of us have a need for Jesus. And he is that pill. He is that way to salvation. And it's only through him. And we don't care that it's exclusive when we understand the need that we have. Well, with all that said, let's look at today's text. Turn with me to John 14, and I'll start reading in verse 1, and we'll be reading out of the ESV. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also." And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is our impact statement today. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in verse 7, If you had known me, you would have known the Father also. For now on you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. 
believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Let me bring you up to speed what's been going on so you understand the context of which Jesus is saying this. So last week we finished with Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. I already told you about that. Right after that happened, the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin to try to figure out what they were going and what they should do with Jesus. And as a result, they began plotting to have Jesus killed. After Lazarus and the Pharisees make that decision, a few days go by. Uh, then Jesus is in Bethany. There's a dinner that's given in his honor. Mary pours this expensive perfume on his feet. But the next day, Jesus leaves Bethany and he heads to Jerusalem. This is that triumphal entry that we look to on Palm Sunday, where he came in riding on a donkey. And he goes into the city and they're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. But while he's at this Passover feast, he predicts his death and he preaches about his mission. Chapter 13 starts the slowing down. We've gone fast through the life of Jesus. Over the next several chapters, it's about Jesus going to the cross. And so we're talking a matter of hours instead of days, months, and years. If you go back to the second half of chapter 13, Jesus washes his disciples' feet and he predicts the betrayal. He identifies Judas as the one who's going to betray him. And then he predicts Peter will betray him as well and tell that he will dine three times. And all that leads us up right here where Jesus starts off. Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. My Father's house has many rooms. And if that were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. Now, this is a love language, really, that Jesus is giving here. You have to understand the culture of the Jewish heritage. So what would happen is... A man would ask a woman to be his wife, or it would be an arranged marriage, and there would be a bride price that was paid. And then the groom would leave for over a year, and he would go back to his parents' house, and he would build a place for them to live. And after about a year's period of time, they would come back, and there would be the marriage. And so what Jesus is saying right here is this beautiful image of a marriage between Jesus and the church. He's saying that, hey, don't be troubled that I'm about to leave, but I'm coming back. I'm going to prepare a place for us. And when I come back, there will be a marriage ceremony. There'll be a marriage feast that we will have. So that is the language that Jesus is speaking right here. Now, doubting Thomas, here he's called Thomas the twin. But Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered him, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know the Father as well. From now on, you do know him because you've seen me and you've been with me. That's what Jesus is saying to Thomas. Thomas didn't have the advantage that we have of the Bible. He didn't understand all of what Jesus meant. Matter of fact, the disciples didn't understand. Matter of fact, some people kind of get irritated with the disciples and their cluelessness. But again, they didn't have the advantage 
And if you were walking in their shoes, you probably wouldn't have understood either. Everything they've been taught is through Jewish custom. And here is Jesus just changing all that. And as we study these I am statements, the questions that have been asked, and here it's by Thomas, it draws out a very important response and clarification that Jesus gives us, that he gives the audience that hears it. Thomas pretty much says to him, hey, we don't have a GPS. We don't have a road map. Matter of fact, we're on very uncharted water. And Jesus says, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know the Father. And from now on, you do know him because you've seen me or been with me. So verse 6, like I said, is that sixth I am statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this is an important response for a number of reasons. It's probably one of the most quoted of all the I am statements. But what it reveals about Jesus is very, very important. He says, no one, catch that, not some, not a few, but he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And it really is almost a summation of his mission to this world. And it is a preparation statement for the last I am statement that we're going to talk about next week, which is I am the vine. I want you to understand the context here. Jesus has just told them that he's leaving. They want to know how to get there. And Jesus is now answering that question. He says, I am the way to get to where I'm going. He says, you can't come with me right now but you will follow on later. And then he tells them that you already know the way. It's where we've been going all along. It's what God's presence has done. But he is telling them that he is the way. He is the way to God's presence. He is the way to the presence of God when we go into death. Now, as I alluded into my opening, that I want you to hear loud and clear that Jesus is the way. I want you to hear Jesus is not a way. The key word here is the way, not a way, not one way, but he is the way. Now, we love our different ways to do things. My brother loves to say, well, this is my mom's recipe. I tweaked it a little bit, but this is the recipe that mom used to use. So it isn't the way mom made it, but it is a way that mom made it and a way he makes it. But I want you to understand, Jesus says that I am the one and only exclusive way to God the Father. There's no other path to having a relationship with the Father except through me. 1 Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Right here, the Bible tells us there is only one way. There's God, there's man, and there's a mediator between God and man, and it is Jesus Christ. We have to go through Jesus Christ to get to God. The problem is people think that, well, if I'm just good enough, you can claim to be a good person and you can try to follow the Ten Commandments. But Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned, not some, not most, but all have fallen short of the glory of God. You can try to argue that your sin isn't that big of a deal. It's just something minor. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't steal anything. I didn't steal anything major. I might have stole, you know, some paper from the office or some pens from the office. But Romans 6.23 tells us that the penalty of sin, even minor sin, is death. Not just murder, but sin. Not just adultery, 
but sin. Sin is sin, and there is no distinction. And the Bible tells us that the penalty of that sin is death. So the Bible does have some bad news for us. At the end of the day, we're all guilty, and we've all been separated from God because of our sin. But Jesus came as the way, the truth, and the life to restore that relationship, to make us right with God. Yes, as I've told you, Romans 3.23 does say that we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. But listen to verse 24, the very next verse. It says, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This is the way to salvation. It's through Jesus Christ, through grace that's given to us to believe in him, that he paid the price by his blood for us. There are people out there that will say, well, Tim, you're taking this one verse that I am the way, the truth, and life out of context. It's only placed in the Bible. Well, that's not true. Turn to Acts 4.12 with me real quick. This is Peter talking, and he's saying in verse 11 that Jesus is a stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. But listen to verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. So there again, Peter is backing up what was taught and written in the book of John. And the other thing we see is that he is the way to God the Father, because he was first revealed to us by the Father. And we see that in verse 7. He says, if you really knew me, if you really know me, you will know the Father as well. From now on, you do know the Father because you've seen him. So we see right here that he revealed the Father to us. But secondly, he opened the way to the Father. And we see that in Hebrews 10, 19 and 20. Turn there with me real quick. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. What the Bible's telling us here in Hebrews is that we have the ability to go to the Father, and we don't have to go through a priest anymore. Jesus was the high priest, and it's through his blood that's been sprinkled, just like the image that the Jews had it's been sprinkled and cleansed us of our sins. So we can go directly to the Father. There's no other way to have access to God the Father except through Jesus and Jesus alone. And so we need to have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the way. And then we also see that Jesus is the truth. What is truth? Truth is such a relative concept in our modern society today. I saw out on Wikipedia that it asked what was a fact, and I want you to hear this. A fact is really just something that people generally agree on. So really a fact can be anything as long as enough people agree on it. And as I saw this response of what is a fact, I'm like, no, that's not a fact. That's an opinion. A fact is something that is verifiable as true and real and accurate. A fact in its very nature cannot be subjective. But this challenge of truth isn't just recently come to pass. It goes all the way back to the first century. During Jesus' trial, he said to Pilate, I have come to this world to testify the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then listen to what Pilate said to him. He said, what is truth? Truth is truth. It can't be changed because it's not by nature subjective. My son has a friend that has a very severe intolerance to gluten. And whenever she eats gluten, it makes her sick for days. 
But now suppose that she saw this delicious looking cinnamon roll. She said, you know, that looks so delicious. I think I'll identify that. I don't have a gluten intolerance today. I'm going to have that cinnamon roll because it looks so good. And it will, it's not going to make me miserable or sick for days like it normally would. The problem is she's ignoring a fact and she's being subjective. And she's trying to apply her personal opinion and desire as truth. But you know what? When she eats that cinnamon bun, it doesn't matter what her subjective opinion and desire was. The truth is the truth. She's going to get sick and her body is going to respond to that gluten. And for days, she's going to really wish she hadn't eaten it. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the exclusive truth. John 1, 1 and 2 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was God in the beginning. So we see that Jesus is the Word of God. But then in John 17, 17, Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. So we see in John that Jesus is the Word, and that the Word is truth. And truth is what is real, it's accurate, and Jesus is in fact what is real. He is truth. There is no other truth. He is the only truth there is. And his truth tells us that there is only one road, one path, one truth that leads to heaven. The other truths there cannot be truth because Jesus is exclusively truth. I see that I'm already run out of time, so let me wrap this up real quickly. The last thing what you see is that Jesus is the exclusive source of life. You know, in Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, it says that we were dead in our trespasses and sin, that we used to live the ways of the world and that we followed the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which was the devil, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. See, we were all without Jesus. We were living in death. We were the walking dead, spiritually the walking dead. But just as we saw last week, there is one exclusive source of life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you remember, 1 John 5, 11, 12 tells us that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Jesus is the exclusive source of life. And without him, we have no life. We are the spiritually dead that we saw in Ephesians. And then we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, there it also says that for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. So what it's saying in 1 Corinthians 15, 22 is that we're all going to die and we're all dead spiritually, but it is through Christ that we're made alive. The second Adam has made us alive. The first Adam brought sin into the world. The second Adam overcame the sin and gave us a way to be redeemed. So what does all this mean? It means that Jesus is the only way to be right with God and to find a new life both here on earth and everlasting life after we leave this world when we pass away. There's no other way. It's an exclusive offer only through Jesus Christ. So don't let the world fool you with some conflicting message. Jesus is not just a way. He's not a truth. He's not a life that we can choose one or the other. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. There is no other way. He is exclusive in that he's the only path to God the Father, the only path to being right with God, the only way to find eternal life. But here's the good news. He's inclusive. He is the door. 
He's standing at the door and knocking today. Revelations 3.20 tells us, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, not if a few, it says, If anyone opens the door and allows him to walk through it, he will come in and sup with them. That picture there is Jesus is knocking on your heart and saying, I want you to be a follower of mine. See me. Understand that you are lost. I am the way. Believe in what my work was on the cross. Believe and you will have eternal life. You will have the way and you will understand truth. Will you do that today? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we come before you today, Lord. We thank you for this time together. Lord, the world would love to tell us that Jesus is only a way, that he is only a truth, and that he is only a life, and that there are other ways that we can choose to come before God. But the Bible is clear that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that there is no other way. He is exclusive. But Father, we are so grateful that you give us an inclusive ask that you tell us that you're at the door. You're knocking, that you want to save those. You tell us in Second Peter that you're not slow in keeping your promise because as some underthinks slowness, but instead you're being patient with us, not wanting that any should perish, but everyone would come to repentance. And Lord, I pray today if there's one that doesn't know you today, that they would pray a prayer that they would say, Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I have fallen short, just like the rest of us. Lord, I need you to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, I give you my heart today. Lord, I ask you to come in. Lord, I ask you to wash my sins away. Lord, help me to chase after you and follow you and your commandments. And Lord, let them understand if they prayed that prayer and really meant it, that they're saved. It's just that simple that... You didn't create hell for people to go to, but the only way we're going to go to hell is that we reject Jesus. Or maybe there are some here today that never really understood that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, I pray that they would understand that crystal clear today and that you would help them with their life. Maybe they think they can do it themselves. Lord, I pray that you would help them. Lord, maybe they thought that it's okay occasionally for them to be the way. But as long as I've prayed that prayer, I'm good. Lord, let them understand that you are the way. Your word teaches us that we're to die to ourselves daily and follow you. Lord, we thank you that you are our GPS. Lord, right now, I just pray for each and every one listening here. Whatever need they showed up today with, Lord, I pray that you would just reach down and touch them. It's in your name we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.